Hey, welcome everyone. Hello, Crown Point. Mayor Pete Land here on yet another edition of the Lay of the Land podcast. In fact, Anthony, this is season two, episode five. Already. Podcast. Fantastic. Yes. So as we well know, we work hard to keep our number one national ranking of the podcast coming out of Crown Point on the uh, Tuesdays that it comes out. So uh, we have another interesting and exciting show for you on this podcast. So um, one of the good things about Crown Point is, well, there's a lot of good things about Crown Point, is our library, even where it's located, right downtown in our beautiful courthouse square. But we have an incredibly active, community-reaching library staff. It's not the library of old, like dating myself many, many years ago, card catalog old, I'm talking. Um, and it's just a great partnership between the library community and the city of Crown Point community. And it has been such a benefit to our city and our residents and our, even our region um, to have the library that we're fortunate enough to have. So. Um, before I introduce our guests, and you're going to recognize them, we'll turn it over to Anthony, and Anthony usually gives us an exciting rundown of what's been going on in Anthony's life the last month. Uh, it's pretty much the same as always. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you always say. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, going out with me, we're, we're moving forward with uh, fall softball here. Yeah, softball. so there is no off-season, right? There is no off-season, so you get, you get kind of a break between summer and fall, where, you know, so... They, they just kind of start over. So you get like a one-week break, but then they start over with practices, and then they just start going in. So like this weekend, we have a couple scrimmages, and then the following weekend, we'll start in with tournaments again. Yeah. So Now you travel? Is the fall, is, is it travel? Yes, it's travel. It's oh travel. So, yeah. We'll be on the road. On the road quite a lot starting next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and Deb do. And happy birthday to Deb. I'm sure yeah, she watches the show. It's Deb's happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Very nice. So always good to turn 25. Yep. Fantastic. And then we have Mary, of course, behind the, the brains and brawn behind the show off camera. But we have, we'll have something new this podcast because Mary will be on camera. She's going to switch seats mid-podcast because we have some uh, exciting, uh, not breaking news, but an exciting project that we're going to discuss that Mary was instrumental in bringing to life. So... Um, she's reluctantly agreed to jump on camera. But anyway, so uh, Crown Point, you're going to recognize our two guests, I'm sure. Um, so you have Janine and Julie, of course, from our beautiful Crown Point uh, Library. Thank you, and thank you, thank you for coming. Um, so you guys are you guys are just rock stars. You are high energy, <laughs> um, do an incredible job. And like I said, I, I love the partnership with the city of Crown Point and the library. It's uh I don't know if every community is like that. They, they, I don't think so. But the libraries that they're fortunate enough to have or if it's unique to us. But um, Julie, we'll start with you. You're the director. You are the head honcho. I am. I am. Uh, which are, is, uh, you are boundless energy. Well, I live and die the library. That's what I've been told. But um, I've been working at the library since 2010. And little oh. known fact, I started as a very part-time employee at the library. Really? Uh, it was my first job back after staying home with my kids for a number of years. 2010, when we moved here from Tennessee, um, I looked into getting a part-time job when my kids were full days at school. And I started at the library as a reference reference assistant. It's the same job that Janine has, actually. Really? Except I had 9 to 12 hours a week. That's all I worked. <laughs> and funding hours. on it. So I wow. worked at the reference desk, helped people um, with computers and such. 
Um, I decided to uh, go back to school, get my master's of library science in 2013, graduated in 2015 with that, and became the library's first uh, adult programming and uh, outreach librarian. So okay. that was the change of when we decided to really get outside the building and make a huge change and shift in how the library yeah. has, has operated since then. So in 2018, our, um, our prior director resigned and uh, the board was looking for uh, a new director. And so I threw my hat in and uh, they took a chance on me and, and right. had me take over the director uh, at March 1st of 2018. So it's been a little over five years. Wow. Does it seem like five years? No, it, it's been warp speed. Um, yeah, it's, we've been busy since then and really Perfect. trying to uh, take off. And, and I really, you know, contemplate, do I really want to do that? Do I want to move away from public service, being out with the, with the, the public every day? Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of my job as outreach librarian was with outreach and, and, and actually build, starting to build a foundation of the relationship that the city has now. And that's one of the main reasons why the library board took a chance on me. They already saw me doing director level work with outreach. Yeah. So, you know, those were the first years where we were doing the corn, that's when the corn roast and the uh, uh, tastes were back to back. Yes, weekends. I remember and those days. We would have a tent yes. out there for the whole time. That was when we first bought our new tents uh, in 2015. And we were out there and we had, we had a little struggle getting the library uh, staff and, and uh, administration behind the outreach when we first started. So there were many times when I would be working that tent, we'd have thousands of people coming through. Mm -hmm. We had to keep stats for the state library. So we knew, we click on how many people come. And there were lots of times where I'd be working there by myself. But now I'm proud to say that everybody realizes the importance of outreach and we really need yeah. a change in how the library gets outside the, the building now. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. So, I mean, was your history background in the library actually, world before no. the kids? Nope, actually I was an English teacher. I taught oh, middle really? school and high school English. I uh, taught in Ohio, Cincinnati area, and then moved to Hendersonville, Tennessee, and then moved here. So went back to teaching a little bit here and then decided, mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather uh, have a uh, balance, work-life balance, and not grow your grade papers on the weekend. But as I became director, I've lost any work balance at all. Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? That's and now right. I just clean bathrooms on the weekends yeah. at the library. Very nice. <laughs> so, so the job that you took at the library, you didn't have like a work history of working in the library or being involved in the library. It was when you took the job after the, the part-time job. Um, no, I just had um, a volunteer experience. Actually, in the school corporation, I was working with um, with the library um, at Solon Robinson, so I had some experience uh, in the libraries and the school corporation, and then I took my first professional job in 2015, but part-time before that at the library, so that's where I built my experience. So yeah. I've only worked professionally at one library, the best one in Northwest Indiana. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's... Do libraries nowadays have, do they all have like a, that outreach, community um, outreach person? Um, or is it, no, actually no? not. Um, majority of the libraries are starting to get outside their doors. It's, it's something that really started uh, really at the college level with the outreach that they do to their students at the college level. But um, there's an association of outreach um, librarians, and so we're members of that. Um, but we started pushing that um, because... Typically, public library and state in their building. Nobody, you know, you had to go there. Nobody, yeah. you know, they thought it was just quiet and not doing much of anything. 
um, even though we've done great programming for years inside the building, but mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure that people that didn't know what was going on in the library and didn't know it's not a place anymore that shh, you have to be That's quiet anymore. That's what I was anymore. just thinking. I have to admit, <laughs> uh, the shush people. Yeah, no, we're, yeah. we're not like that. Uh, and we have, I mean, if you walk in the building at any given time, it's a, a, a just energy all the time. Yeah. Whether it's in the play area or in the um, in uh, the computer area where people are studying, uh, proctoring tests, uh, tutoring, uh, doing their schoolwork. We have a huge number of nursing students that st study there. Uh, our story time programming, you name it, it's going on. We have so many groups that meet for crafting and stuff uh, downstairs with senior programming. And mm -hmm. so just, a, it's always busy, it's always hopping. Yeah, there is definitely, and I, that parking lot is right by City Hall, the two parking lots, yep, and yep. it is filled like from the time you open the doors to when you're closing them up. Yep. So. I had there was a national. Uh, the Times were doing a national campaign with um, the reporters, and they were uh, using libraries as the backdrop to do all the filming. This oh, just happened okay. this past year, and they had these people from New York City came in, and they were standing in our library. It, it was at four o'clock in the afternoon. And you stand there like, this is the busiest library I've ever been in my entire life, and really? people are just coming and going. And oh, it's wow. just, so we really have it extraordinary library and I would yeah. say we have the best one in Northwest Indiana. So very, we're really lucky. Very, very lucky. So Janine, so yes. what so what is your role and responsibilities? What do you do at the library? Okay. So I actually worked with Julie in reference before she went to the uh, program um, uh, position. And I started at this library when the new building opened. So I walked in with everyone else oh. and um, started as a page and then went to the youth department and then moved over to reference, which is really where I belong because yeah. history is my background. What's a page? Um, page is the people who shelved the books. Oh, okay. So right. um, that was the position that was open and I wanted to work at the library and get my foot in the door. And so that's what I took and nice. uh, kind of worked my way up. Mm -hmm. um, but my background is history and archives and museum work. Um, prior to, uh, I actually moved here in 2010 as well and um, had young, uh, younger children than Julie, and so I started part-time and then worked up. I'm still part-time, but more hours. So I was in the 9 to 12 also, and then yeah. 15, and now I'm 25. <laughs> so yeah. we're moving up. But um, So I uh, have worked in museums for over 30 years. Really? And archives for over 30 years, so uh, in one capacity or another. And then um, when I started in the reference department, there was someone else who um, liked to do the Indiana Room, and so she was kind of doing that, and then she moved to a different library, and they said, uh, how would you like to be our Indiana Room Specialist? And I jumped at the chance. And So what is that? So what, what's So uh, we have a, a local history room called the Indiana Room, and um, so I help curate it with the uh, reference department head. Um, I do programming out of it. I do a small... Um, little tabletop display about different things. Um, so basically anything you're going to find in the nonfiction section, you're going to find that in the Indiana room specifically to Indiana, Lake County, and Crown Point. Okay. So it's very um, specific. And so we get a lot of people who do genealogy research, uh, house histories. Um, yeah. And I get a, little, a lot of calls of, or emails, can you help me find and so we use the uh, resources we have at the Indiana Room or what we can find online. So that's what I was going to ask. So if I'm writing, you know, a big research paper mm -hmm. or something, um, then I can come in, go to you, yep. and I'm working on whatever the 
historical topic is. Mm -hmm. And then you were, you can either have the book or resource or online resource yep. to help navigate. Kind of help guide you in the right that. direction. And, and uh, we get a lot of people from out of state um, who their families are from Crown Point or Lake County. And so they'll uh, contact me and say, can you find XYZ? Uh, most often obituaries. Really? A lot of obituary searches. Um, the Lake County Star newspaper was very good up until a few years ago about um, uh, publishing obituaries. So um, a lot of those. Really? <laughs> yeah. So can you help find, if I want to, you know, like I live in Ohio now, but my great-great-grandfather, I knew lived in Crown Point. Yep. That person can go to you for? All the time, yes. Suppose, I mean, so what would they need? Like, I just have a name, or mm -hmm. I knew where they lived. And yeah, so when someone reaches out to me, I ask them, tell me as much as you can. And sometimes it is just a name. Um, and then uh, I try to get dates, birth or death dates, yeah. or at least a year. Maybe their children, maybe their parents. Because um, if it's like you, you said great-grandfather, was yeah, that your example? Okay, yeah. so I would ask who your grandparents were because you would most likely know their name and then I can do some research through uh, different records and um, you know find your grandparents easier. It's easier to start with yourself and work your way back than oh. it is to start back and work your way forward. Mm -hmm. So um, so you'd start with the person making the uh -huh. request, give me everything about you. And or at least the, the, the main stats, yeah. and then we can work back, and then, um, you know, I'm not always successful, but uh, that's what research is. Sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not, but it's the hunt. And, yeah, and you must love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love researching. Um, I wanted to be a history major in high school, and unfortunately I didn't want to teach, <laughs> yeah. um, but I wanted to do something, and I had a great teacher um, my uh, junior year of high school. Uh, already knew I loved history, already knew I wanted to do something, and he kept saying, you don't have to teach, you could do these different things, and, and he really emphasized researching and uh, finding more than just the, the stats, more than just the details, and, and he always said, if you only remember dates walking out of my classroom, then I'm a bad teacher. He goes, I want, I want you to remember the big picture and how they all interrelate, and that's what I like, yeah. that's what I like doing. Have you had any like really quirky requests i'm sure i'm Quite assuming most of them are like you know genealogy or mm -hmm. my own personal family history or yeah. something like right those and what but. she mentioned was really important is like although the library is not an archive we do have some archival things we and do. so yeah. the microfiche of the the conflict star we have going back to 1857 when it first started wait the star yeah yes yeah. yeah. so it was that. called the register and then but yeah, we have that microfilm, and so you can go back and look at the actual newspapers going all the way back. Uh, so that's wow. something very unique. It's in the anteroom. room. Anybody can come up. We'll queue up that. You can look at the year of your birth, like the year, any important year that you want to look through. And that's how Janine finds a lot of the history. She actually goes back and looks at the newspaper for dates to find something. Yeah. Um, so and they're really not digitized. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm rolling that. Oh film. my yeah. gosh! Yeah. yeah, labor intensive. So, very, yeah. very much. Yeah. So when anytime she does research, she goes uh, and she hears somebody says, "Oh, I've heard a story about this." Um, I'm gonna take an example of the alligator. No, the yeah, the alligator, right? Or the Clark Gable's a good one. Yeah, too. Clark um, Gable. Yeah, Clark Gable stayed supposedly in, stayed yeah. overnight here. Yeah, but I can find no proof. Yeah, really? but yeah. Um, but that but it was the alligator that. Oh we, yeah, the yes, alligator, the alligator yeah. and that was supposedly in Fancher Lake, right? And mm -hmm. so there's a story about this, and so um, 
Janine went looking for the story, so she found the original story. They closed the the, the lake yep. and, um, because of it. Um, and what year is that? Do you remember? Uh, the original escape was in twenty nine. In twenty nine, we so found they, the articles there. Yeah, and then they um, they huh. stopped swimming, and then how many years? La- and then they said they caught it. They said then, they caught it. And then really? how many years later? Uh, Thirty two. And I found it in 32 when I was doing an obituary search for someone else. Uh-huh. And I'm looking, so 29, story says, we found it, go back, swim, it's safe to get safe to get in the water again. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, found all these articles in 29 about that. I'm researching an obituary for someone else in 1932. I'm scrolling around and, they, and the headline is, they lied. I was like, whoa, I'm intrigued. So I get off the obituary for a minute and start researching this, and they're accusing the sheriff's department of lying to everybody because there was an alligator in one of the lakes just south of the fairgrounds that they found in 32. And so they accused the sheriffs of lying to them so they could get back in the lake. Oh, to say we found it in yeah. In, in 29, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So, oh yeah, sure so Don't worry about it. Back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But so, so Janine wow. goes back and looks at the newspaper, finds original sources to, to verify. You know, she hears somebody says, hey, I heard this happened in whatever year. Janine will go search the newspapers and find the headlines and find it. it, and find it. Yeah. So if, if we can. And if we can't corroborate the history, we don't use it because yeah. we're about research and making sure that we have the dates and, and the actual um, content that we can point to our research for. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know the star had been around, what you say, 1857? 1857, yeah. yeah. So it's that was probably the paper, right? It was the paper. Yes. There was another one. Uh, there was a German paper for a few years and... I'm not going to attempt to mm-hmm. pronounce it. Um, and then there was a few other ones that were you know, a couple years here and there. But basically, the star, uh, which started out as the Crown Point Register, kind of morphed into um, to the star. And at one point, there were two, uh, but they were published by the same um, publisher, which oh, is Wheeler. Okay. And uh, and then they came back together again. So, wow. Yeah. Did you know that it was around that long? That alligator. So what's the Clark Gable story? Supposedly, kind of he spent deal. the night um, somewhere on Ellendale Parkway, the um, off of Court Street. Uh, one night, uh, he spent some time, and nobody can give yeah. me a year. Um, nobody can give me any information. In huh. the '50s, is what they tell me. In the but, '50s, well, that yeah. was his that was his prime time. Yeah, sure. so I, I mean, think that would be written down somewhere. Right? I would hope so, but okay. I haven't been able to confirm it yet. Wow. I'll add it when I can. So yeah. Yeah. So you used to work, you said, at uh, had held different jobs at museums. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I love history and I love all that yeah. stuff. Um, like one of my, maybe make me a geek, but one of my favorite shows is Mysteries at the Museum. Yeah. You ever heard of that show or seen it? I have, yeah. It's such a simple show. They just go around different museums in the United States and they just pick up one odd artifact that's mm-hmm. in that museum. So some are just like roadside museums mm-hmm. you never think of. Right, mm-hmm. and then they have a very interesting artifact that they talk about the history of it and so forth. So, yeah. anyway, that's that's my life. But um, yeah. so, like, what what's the last job you had? In so, uh, prior to moving here, um, we were in Norman, Oklahoma, and I was working at the Carl Albert Center, and that's a congressional archives. So we had mostly Oklahoma congressmen and senators, um, but we had a few others throughout the country that. The, decided to deposit their records at the Carl Albert Center. Right. Um, so that one was really interesting to go through all those records. I was in charge of going through the records from a 32-year uh, congressman um, out of uh, central Oklahoma. And he served Norman in Oklahoma City and, and everything. 
so. Quite the task, 32 years. Yeah, there was a lot, and I didn't get through it. No? <laughs> there was no way I was going to, not in the time, and I worked there for several years, and then prior to that, we were in Columbus, Ohio, and I worked uh, actually for the Lutheran Church, and was in charge of four different states, and helping the churches maintain their archives oh, wow. for uh, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and the Lower Peninsula of Michigan, so I traveled all over and did... Um, workshops and then would tell uh, um, uh, churches how to maintain their records. So I always would tell them, if you have a box that's labeled paper plates, don't believe it, because chances are there's going to be some older records in there. Yeah. And um, I actually did have a workshop, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about a year later, I got a call. You weren't kidding. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, so they found and they found something in, um, in a room that was actually in a waxed uh, fruit box, not the best place for archive, um, but what their original minutes of their church that were over a hundred years old. Um, so I always say, don't don't believe paper plates. No. But yeah, there's something in there. So you probably have oh, something in right this there. building that's mismarked. And well, this building, because if you know, in the lobby, I saw the older one. Yeah, yeah. So that was the this building back when it was the fire department yeah. mm -hmm. pre vehicle. So there's a horse-drawn yeah. carriage, and that's the open door for the horses. And right. so forth. Which I didn't know that it was the fire department way, way back in the day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's we've got our life out of this building. Mm -hmm. um, so all right, so you both work in the library. Yeah. So are you both voracious readers? Are you do you always have a book? At least close one. by within reach. <laughs> yeah. So Janine, I know because we talk about books all the yeah. time. Um, she, Janine and I are very similar to this, where we we have multiple books going at the same time. How do you do that? Don't so, you? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no? if if you're really smart, you can you can juggle it. <laughs> but but we both of us do a lot of uh, we do nonfiction reading for mm -hmm. work um, uh, or research. Um, we also do um, audio. So I do a lot of audio when I'm driving around. I listen to audio books, and then I also read physical books. So um, I can keep them pretty separate. But right now, um, I'm reading uh, for a professional development. I'm going to an event where the authors of the library director's toolkit are going to be speaking. So it's a director's book club. So I'm reading that book. Um, I'm celebrating Harry Potter's anniversary by re-listening to all, all the Harry Potter audios. Nice. Um, and then I'm reading Daisy Darker. By, which is kind of a, uh, a locked door mystery, uh, kind of um, uh, really. You're intriguing. now the second person yeah. who's told yeah. me that title, so yeah. maybe I need yeah. that. Yeah. That's Daisy Darker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's kind of like, um, oh, what's her face? Uh, mystery. I'm trying to remember her name, the author. Oh, um, a lot of mystery. That's... Yeah, but uh, just it's, it's just a it's kind of an old fashioned mystery about you know people start dying in in a locked house and oh. who's killing. Um, He's killing the dark side of Julie over here. It's, ah. it's all the same family, <laughs> the darker family. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I love reading fiction. I force myself to read nonfiction, uh, but I do a lot of fiction. But yeah. before I became library director, I used to read about 150 books a year, um, and it's dropped down considerably since I became director. I read less yeah. and less, um, but uh, I still get close to I'd say 75 or so a year. Wow, that's fantastic. Which, what book do you have, or books? Books. Do you have more? So I just last night finished an audio book, um, Somebody's Fool by Richard Russo, which is the third in um, his series, his trilogy. The first one was Nobody's Fool, and it was a movie that came out with Paul Newman, and um, I actually saw the movie before I read that book, because, you know, Paul 
Paul Newman. So, He's, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that was really good. And he wrapped up the stories and everything. So I just finished that and haven't started a new audiobook yet, but I have one uh, queued up and ready to go. Um, that one's a fiction. I'll listen to fiction or nonfiction, but I prefer listening to fiction. Um, and then uh, I have a nonfiction book right now, which is a memoir um, from a lady who is living in Washington State right now, but grew up in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And so she's talking about uh, her life. And that's Meet Me in Atlantic City is um, a memoir. And then I'm reading a fiction book by an English author that I very much enjoy, um, and she writes a couple times a year, and so uh, I'm reading that fiction book by her. And well, it's a lot of reading. It that is, is a lot, a lot of, reading. of reading. Yeah. Well, I have a. I'm fortunate. I have a pool at my home. Oh, and well. you know, it's sunny, and so you have to go outside. The doctor says I need more vitamin D. Yeah, so I might as well read and get my vitamin D. It's doctor's orders. Yeah. So. But yes. look, Janine and I take advantage of one of the library's newest resources, which I've always talked about at your meeting, is our uh, Indiana Digital Library. And when yeah. we, we joined that consortium with about, I think it's 199 libraries that participate in that. There's actually 236 libraries in the state of Indiana. Uh, 199 came together and we share our resources for our digital books. So. Um, so we, by sharing that, we, our collection has grown yeah. huge. We used to have like eight thousand. Now we have almost three hundred thousand to choose from. Oh, so yeah. get so your explain, library card. That, yeah, really that, yeah. yeah, So explain so, what is that? Digital? So if you have your library card, uh, uh, you can um, uh, use our digital library at no cost. That means that you can get free audio books, free access to magazines, and then free um, uh, ebooks as well. Uh, so we just have a huge selection now. Um, so you don't have to be paying for Audible. Nope, nope. You don't even have to have mag magazine subscriptions. Um, we can you can get all that through the library for free. So, so uh, if so, if I have a library card and I want to read book, I at the reference book, department the, will help you log on. Oh, so then <laughs> I can log on like yep. from my computer and your, phone, uh, your phone, and, or phone, yep. and then uh -huh. oh, that's how that works. And you know, before I came over here, I always check to see, um, you know, who has the library card or not. You do and always do that. I do that. And, you know, Anthony's got his card. His whole family are sure big library users. Yeah. Uh, Mary is a huge library user. We queued her into the, um, to the Indiana Digital Library, and she's been a huge fan, participated in our summer reading, and, and I think won a prize, I think, maybe, or no, didn't. Okay. Maybe next year you will. But I noticed Fingers that crossed. our mayor didn't have a library oh. card. What? Not to say that you had in the past, because they go out every three years. You have to renew it. Oh, I did it. not know that. So you may years. have you may have had one in the past, but I got you a new library oh, card for you, so you can check it out. So you can uh, go ahead and use that for uh, logging into the Indiana Digital Library and use all those resources as well. Oh, yeah. wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I did have a library for many, many years. Well, I grew sure. up the old library on South Court Street. Yeah. yeah. I lived right across the street from there. That's where I grew up. But that's oh, the so old, old. I mean, that's the that's old, the old library. library. That's what I was talking yes. about. Yeah, the old, old library. Where you all were yeah. just shushers yeah. and yeah. the carrot catalog. Dewey Decimal. Dewey yeah. Decimal. But we still use the Dewey Decimal. We don't have card catalogs yeah. anymore. Although we have some actual um, card catalogs yeah. in the building still, um, as still see to them. see it. We have one in the Indiana room that came mm -hmm. from the library. Um, and then as a present to myself, I actually bought myself a card catalog that got restored in my office. Um, and we were able to find actually the original library um, 
card catalog cards that we had left over. Really? And yeah. we got rid of it, and I have two drawers full of our oh, original cards cool. in my yeah. office, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. That'd be great. A little bit of our history, library history. It's nice mm -hmm. to have them still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the last book you read? Oh, gosh. It's been a while since I've Totally putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, you mentioned that you kind of force yourself to read nonfiction. Mm -hmm. I actually love nonfiction. Yeah. You know, so anything like has to do with like any any kind of, of the wars, like heroism and wars in World War II. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, probably my favorite book that I ever read was uh, Chuck Yeager's autobiography. Uh, he had an incredible life. You know, he was shot down, in the war, shot down in the war and he snuck out by the French resistance. And then, obviously, after the war, went on to break the sound barrier and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. I'm really interested in anything about the war or technology uh, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Me too. So, that, I mean, it's been a while, but my last book was Lone Survivor, the uh, true story. I read that one. Yeah, yeah. that was, mm -hmm. I think I read that in yeah. a day and a half. It was, it was a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you might be interested in our, one of our upcoming programs. We uh, had a grant with the Indiana Humanities that we have an author, an Indian author coming mm -hmm. in to speak of um, that is going to be focusing on Ernie Pyle and his dream. Oh, so wow. that's okay. coming up in um, October 5th. October 5th. 6 so, p.m. Yep. Yeah. So you might want to come and see that. But it's, uh, do you remember the um, author's name? It's Ray Boomhauer. Boomhauer. Yeah, he's written quite a bit. Yeah. He wrote one about Gus Grisham, um, which is really kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, um, his Ernie Pyle one, Mary Sewell, uh, May Sewell, um, oh goodness, lots. Um, yeah. He does a lot, and he works with the Indian Historical Society and writes in their magazine um, quite often as well. So yeah. I have used him quite a bit yeah. as a resource. He wrote this great book about RFK and Martin Luther King because of the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated, RFK was in Indianapolis. And they actually credit him with the way he went and talked to the community of one of the reasons why Indianapolis didn't have the riots that some of the other cities did, and how they kind of you know worked together, and yeah. you know, what would have happened if two months later he wasn't mm -hmm. assassinated. Yeah. yeah, it's really an interesting yeah. book. For definitely, yeah, definitely. So then we also now have the um, Civil War roundtable meeting yep. at the library too. So they have guests in. So they had their first meeting this past uh, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be meeting monthly on Sunday. So if you're a history buff, so you want to check that out. It's really cool. So the, the, like those meetings, then are they on your website? So if I'm yep. interested in that, mm -hmm. I just jump on the website. Yep, and, and you can uh, you can actually have our newsletter sent to your email. You can sign up to have our newsletter sent to your email every month when it publishes. Uh, but yeah, but we have it on our Facebook. Everything is always advertised. Oh, okay. so, yeah. so I was going to be wondering how many books. Or in the library, so I was going to ask. Oh my gosh, I should have looked at that. Oh, I thought you would know that. Not off the top of my head. I, I mean, I have to have all these stats uh, for um, the state library, but I, I, I have to confess, I have to look at that. I do know that we have about 20,000 items at the Winfield branch because we just got done moving every single one of those books oh. because we got new shelving and we decided to put the before the, the kids' stuff was on the tall shelves and the adult stuff was on the short shelves. So we swapped it all when we got all this new shelving, but that meant we had to take all, every single book yes. off and move them. So I, I looked it up to see how many we actually moved, about 20,000. So, and that's this very small 6,000 square foot building. Uh, we have 50,000 square feet over at the, the main location here at yeah. Crown Point. So I don't, I- Well, I think you, know. you said between the books there and then the access digitally, uh -huh. you're pushing 300,000. 300,000 is just the access to the digital stuff. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's just digital materials. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So way more than that in, in the, in, right. uh, in, if we add it all together. But I didn't look at that. Record, I'm sorry. 
next time. Yeah. You know, Monday's with the mayor. You can, I can tell you. And you're in yeah. your great presentation. Exactly. You always do. Exactly. Okay. So the, when did when did we move? When was this one? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. So the library um, was, uh, opened up in nineteen oh eight on Main Street at the Carnegie Building. Uh, then in the 1970s, seventy two, uh, we um, added onto the Carnegie Building uh, and then extended that building all the way to Port Street, which now is today is the um, what's the name of the church in there? The Cross Crossroads Point Church. Cross Crossroads Point Church, yeah. church is in there now, um, but those buildings were um, right up onto each other. So when mm -hmm. we sold those buildings, we actually put the wall back in. So the lawyer has the Carnegie oh, okay. Building, and then um, the church has the other side. Um, and then, so our location now is only the only library that the Crown Point um, has ever had. And they've all been off, right off the square. Yeah. So for 115 years, right. yeah. it's our, actually our 115th anniversary this year in terms of how many years we've been in existence. Um, so pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. Uh, when we moved over to this building and, um, and the community approved that, um, that move for us to have um, our new building, it made a huge difference to what we do. Um, you know, we went from a pretty small building mm -hmm. and we squeeze into one little boardroom, any program we had, very small space for the kids and stuff. Um, we just, you know, went to two floors that were huge. Um, and so um, we're really lucky at the space we have. Um, yeah. The design work that went into the library is, um, it looks brand new. You know, you walk in it, it now, and new libraries that I walk in now, yeah. I go to a lot of libraries we could hold our own against some of the brand new libraries that I'm walking into in some of the larger cities in the United States. Yeah. Um, so we're really lucky. We had some great design work done on that. It's timeless. Um, the fact that we have all those windows and stuff just has just the beauty of, of um, the downtown area we can see in it. Yeah. It adds to the energy. Um, you know, there's been lots of comments on whether or not the library should have stayed downtown when we moved over here, parking woes, all this stuff. But there's an energy, a synergy that we have when we're on mm -hmm. the square that I think we would lose if we moved somewhere yeah. else. And I um, think the decision makers yeah. back then. Um, I think they recognize that. Yeah. And and you know, we meet a lot of needs for people that don't drive. So they do walk yeah. to the library. Uh, and so, um, you know, we get the after school traffic that can walk from St. Mary's, from Wheeler, um, even from Taft will mm -hmm. come down walking. Um, so we would lose that if we were off the square. Um, the way that we're able to collaborate with all the downtown businesses and mm -hmm. the city, those all those things could probably still happen in some way, but not in the way that it happens now. Yeah. Being in part of downtown really is uh, magical for us. Yeah. You know? And I mean, every I, I, I get my view of out my window, <laughs> out of my office. I got a pretty small office. It's much smaller than yours, Pete, but, but I have the money shot. I get to see the courthouse right outside oh, my window, so we have the great, we time. have the great the great view um, from the library on on the south side um, from the second and third floor. So we're really lucky to be a part of uh, the downtown. Yeah, so I mean, part of that we talked about is the uh, the, the outreach and the partnership mm -hmm. with the city and the yeah. different organizations. Um, so it's widely popular at Bulldog Park. You have movies in the park. Yeah, that was something new we did last year. Uh, we wanted to have some large uh, format programming once again, which we've always done, uh, especially during summer reading. But it was still a little bit too early to have huge crowds, 200 people in, in, in our meeting rooms at the library with, um, with COVID still a concern for some people. So we decided to do outdoor programming. We started that outdoor programming actually in 2020 and 2021. 
Um, and so we just extended that. And so um, we're so thankful that the Friends of the Crown Point Library actually sponsor the cost of those licenses. Um, people don't realize that when we when we show a movie, you have to pay money to, to show a movie yes, publicly you do. like that. Yes. So, you know, we pay for a license all the time, uh, every year, for us to show our movies monthly uh, that we do at the library. But uh, to do a show, an outdoor movie, uh, for one movie, when we do a series of movies, it's four hundred and five dollars for each one of those movies. Yeah, so the friends helped offset that cost for us, um, and we're just really glad to bring movies and a free um, thing That's to the things. community. Yeah. So we don't charge for that. We were uh, so glad that the city partnered with us. And I always tell the story. You know, years ago when I was still program outreach librarian, and I heard about the idea of Bulldog Park. That was probably some of the impetus of me to start building relationships with uh, people in the city because I had in mind that we'd be yeah, doing these kind of events. Oh, I did. Vision, I, thought, yeah. I knew that was going to be a great way for us to do really large-scale events. Um, but we had to build that relationship with the city because mm -hmm. we didn't have it at that point. And so building that relationship, knowing that we'd get to that point and, and we were there, you know, it's magical, I think, the, the connections that the city and the yeah. library have and we'll be able to bring things to the city and make be a real powerful um combination of making it a great place to live work and play as we always say right yeah. so um so by having yeah. that venue uh, we can we can offset the cost of showing the movie the city sells their concessions and it's a win-win for everybody it's but biggest of all it's a win for the community because yes. they get a free event yeah free event watch. popcorn bring your yeah. chairs and yeah yeah big screen uh yeah uh, watch a movie yeah right. So. And it's well attended. Yeah. You guys mm -hmm. know it's well attended. So. And that's part of like some of our, you know, we don't like to be behind paywalls at the library. You know, our idea is that we are tax funded already. And so when we go to events and we do things, we like to be free. We don't like to charge anything. And we're a great equalizer for anybody social yeah. economically. And so we, we pay really close attention. We don't like to be at things that, you know, cost to get in. Um, and, and when we are at events and social events like the festivals and stuff, we love that we're the place where parents know they can come up to our booth and they're going to walk away with a free prize, a free game. Because yeah. many of the times, the other things that are surrounding us cost money and it gets yeah. expensive. So we know we can always provide a fun activity at those kind of events um, and provide that service uh, to the city, sometimes for yeah. their events, to make sure that we have something free and fun for the There's kids. There's always a line, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, always a line yeah, of people. Yeah, we do. We love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So part of the, the, the partnership and the outreach is um, between the library and our own Mary. Mary, you want to turn around? and We are going to drag Mary on <laughs> camera because she's uh, been very instrumental and getting this exciting project uh, developed and off the ground and um, right up the historical yeah. alley. So you've heard uh, us talk about, and we're gonna continue to talk about um, this partnership between, uh, I wanna say the city, but it's Mary and the library, mm -hmm. uh, our Walk the Dog project, right? Um, so anybody who loves Crown Point history, um, is going to love this project, yes. uh, and I know there is a lot of history-loving people um, in our community. I think last Monday was with the mayor, we were talking about how many people from other parts that don't live in Crown Point come to Crown Point to see our historical uh, buildings and, and just the mm -hmm. history of it. Yeah. You know, we, we go to places to do the same thing, but you always forget about, you know, we see this stuff every day, and yeah. people literally travel to come here and see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so. Very exciting. I know Very we exciting. talked about it before, uh, but what is, what is, what is the, what the dog? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. 
But before we get to that, I just need to clarify for the viewers, I'm not playing on my phone. I'm switching the cameras. I'm always accused of this. Yes. So I'm clearing up the rumors She today. is working. She's on the clock. Um, <laughs> so Walk the Dog is a really exciting project um, by the city of Crown Point with our partners at the Indiana Destination Development Corporation, the Crown Point Redevelopment Commission, and of course the Crown Point Library. Um, so last summer, or actually last fall, we got one of the original um, Bulldogs back into our inventory from the Stewards of the Square project in 2005, the Best in Show exhibit with, you know, dozens of bulldogs that were beautifully painted. Very displayed. popular, yeah. Yeah, very popular. People are always asking, when are you going to do it again? When's it going to um, be back? So we got this bulldog and the wheels started turning. What are we going to do with it? Um, you know, we knew it had to be a bulldog park because bulldog, bulldog park. Makes sense. Um, and the IDDC had a grant coming out um, they started talking about it in January of 23. It was due in March of 23. So they were looking for Instagrammable experiences and something that's unique to your area in Indiana. It's, it's a statewide grant. And um, looking at previous grants that had won, um, usually murals, but I thought the Bulldog is could be kind of a cool interactive mural and how can we really pay homage to Crown Point? And, you know, as we were sitting there thinking, we. I mean, me and my thoughts <laughs> sitting there thinking about it. I thought, well, what's more iconic to Crown Point than its history? So Walk the Dog um, is a multifaceted project, but in essence, the Bulldog is um, pays homage to Crown Point's history. It highlights 10 sites um, across the city, not just downtown, but it kind of goes beyond that and really focuses on Crown Point's history from the beginning. So we partnered with the library to have um, some great research on the project and you know, provide kind of that factual um, basis for the project. So the Bulldog will live at Bulldog Park and is painted to um, pay homage to these 10 sites that are um, featured in the project. There's a coloring book, which I brought everyone a copy of oh, today. Right. So this is my prop. I was prepared. Nice. Oh, look at that. Um, so this is, you know, a really great thing for the community. We have the 10 sites in here. And um, these sites also will have signage at them because in addition to being able to see the Bulldog at Bulldog Park during events and this great coloring book that will be available at all of these sites, City Hall and the Pace Department and the library, um, you can walk around to these sites and see some signage um, that kind of gives you a brief history of the site. So one of the stops is the courthouse, of course, and the signage gives you some Brief description about the courthouse when it was built, when the additions were added on, all great research done by Janine. Um, and then you can scan the QR code on the sign. It'll take you to our website where we'll have, where we have a little bit more information for you, maybe a couple extra photos. Um, but really, the project was to excite people about Crown Point's history at all levels. So we have the coloring book. Maybe you know, you're still little and you don't really know a lot about the courthouse and you just think it's a pretty building, well now you can color it. Yeah. And you can see the bulldog and be excited. It's a very, very colorful bulldog. Really well done. The artist, Lewis, is from Crown Point. So we were able to add a lot of Crown Point into the project, which was really important as we were, you know, getting the grant submitted. We wanted it to be Crown Point focused. So yeah. it's just a really neat little project and I hope the community is excited about it. I think there's been a great demand for public art to come back to the city and hopefully this is the first of many projects. So, mm -hmm. so that we have, Ten locations. Yes. So, uh, and then there'll be a display photo, and then 
language as to what yep. you're looking at the history of the building and so forth. And then that's where you came in yep. was mm -hmm. you did all the history and the research related to yeah. whatever location that so is. So this goes back a number of years. So when I was still a program and outreach librarian uh, in 2015, I was hired at, in May 1st and summer reading starts June 1st. So I didn't have a lot of time to get the dream and do big plans. So all during that first summer, I was like, what am I gonna do next year? Yeah. And the next year was um, exercise your mind. Uh, that was the theme that we had. And so we did a lot of thinking, and I said, you know, I brainstorming, and I said, you know, I really want to do something about walking, walking tour. And so I brainstormed with Janine, and I said, Janine, like, I, I think, knowing that she loved history, I said, do you think we could do something with the history of Crown Point and do a walking tour? And so we did the first walking tour. It was wonderful <laughs> and a disaster all at once. Oh, yes. Because well, Janine well, had yes. researched from that winter going on, all the information yes. started in 2015, researched all the information and uh, she had had her little card she had timed how much it took for us to, to, to read what she had read and walk, we, we, yep. and, walk. Um, and and we had a whole bunch of people sign up for the tour most of them were senior ladies ladies uh, we anticipated the tour to, to last about 45 minutes 45 minutes mm -hmm. um, the ladies didn't walk as fast as we anticipated them walking. Janine <laughs> uh, was stressed out because it was the first time she did it. Right. Um, I was making sure none of those ladies tripped on the uneven pavement of the Crown Point sidewalks. Yeah. We, uh, I think we ended up being about two and a half hours <laughs> on the walking tour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the whole time I'm shepherding these ladies and trying to make sure I'm supporting Janine, I was thinking there's got to be a better way to yeah, do this. And how can we use this research that we had already spent a significant amount of time on doing? Yeah. And so that's where my evil mind was working. As I'm walking, as I'm always thinking the future, I said, I wonder if we could partner with the city with a trolley on this mm -hmm. to make this safe. Uh, and so that's what we did. So yeah. we did that uh, the next year. We had the, tro the first trolley yeah. tour. Yeah. And so we did trolley tours in 2017. 2018, 2019, we did a foundation uh, grant with the Crown Point Community Foundation ten and tours. actually did 10 tours in one summer because we had such overwhelming yeah. demand. Yeah. Uh, so they offset the cost at the time. Uh, we we actually um, uh, rented the trolley from uh, the city. Now you guys give it to us for free and we have Thank a great you. partnership <laughs> that makes it much easier. Um, but then in 2020, um, because of COVID, we mm -hmm. kind of had to suspend those tours. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to bring people even in a in a in the trolley together. Um, and Janine did some great um, videos that we did on our website and still have on our YouTube channel yeah. about history. And then in 2021, um, we uh, did walking tours on the square. So um, and Janine was you no, know, she'd always done the square um, content on the on the trolley. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and before the sidewalk project, bump out project, we could actually kind of find places where they pull over yeah. and stop and talk about one side of the square at four different places. Once the sidewalk project happened, that was really impossible. There was no place for the trolley yeah. to pull over. So um, so we decided to add the walking tour. Um, and so we did the walking tour the first year because still COVID was a concern. And then we continued to do the walking tour and the trolley tour yeah. because they're really different tours now. Uh, so the, the walking tour really focuses only on the downtown area. And Janine has great history um, all over, um, around all four sides of the square. Um, every time, I've gone on any of her tours a number of times, going back to 20, 
2016. And every time I go on a tour, I learn something new. It's amazing. Um, so, you know, whether it's, you know, who spoke at Cheshire Hill, and we could be really, you know, proud to know that uh, for Women's History, that Katie Stanton uh, mm-hmm. and... Um, this was Katie Stanton and Susan B. Yeah, and I have there. the newspaper records to prove it. Yeah, so. on the, on the second <laughs> floor. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. But it just goes back to even like the ghost signs. You know, there's a lot of talk about the sign that appeared on on, on the side of um, John, the pizza Safe place. House. The, the same oh. house. Oh, yeah, the same house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, Janine can talk all day about, uh, in fact, we have a whole program on ghost, ghost signs, signs yeah. and how you can see what used to be on a building because yeah. Yeah. you can read the building and see whether it's a date uh, or the old building name and stuff. So so she's done all that history. So, But that's a great tour. But the, the one we do on the trolley is really more wide ranging and it includes all the, um, not only the stuff on the square, but it it includes all of the um, the houses in the four historic districts. Um, and it's just amazing as Janine's developed this research how she continues to add everything she learns from tour to tour. So I, I went on one this summer and she said something like, I didn't know that. She goes, well, I just found that out. And so we've added it <laughs> yeah. to the tour. So she's always improving it. She's done uh, great research on it. Um, I'm super proud of her and the work that she does on that. And we're really contributing to, um, uh, you know, keeping the history of Crown Point alive for people. You've got a lot of people that didn't grow up here, didn't, yep. you know, move here like Janine and I. And I, um, and we love our city just as much, but we sure. didn't grow up here. So it's it's great for us to learn about it and, and to share that with the kids that are born. And, and, yeah. and, um, and it, you know, it's, it's the, the funny thing is anytime I'm on this tour, every time somebody is saying, well, I heard or my grandpa or somebody told yeah. me that this happened. Well, I don't know about you, but, you know, storytelling, oral storytelling can be a, really a lot of fun, but sometimes it kind of grows in, in, in the telling. Or the stories and, told. And, and, yes. and, yeah, and so, right. um, so Janine, uh, you know, sometimes will be told, oh, you're, you're wrong or no, this happened. And she goes, well, you know, we can't put that in the tour until we can find actual research that shows mm-hmm. that, that actually happened. Janine's the fact checker. We're a yeah. fact checker. Yeah. We're, we're making sure that we can find primary sources to sh- show whether yeah. it's newspaper, the star, or something that can actually prove these things. So it's really something that's important to us. Yeah. Um, we love those stories. It's uh, Sometimes they're they, great. They, they're they're great. entertaining. Yeah. They are. And Janine will take those few. stories yeah. and do research on it so she can um, include some of I those stories. I can prove Clark Gable slept here. We're good. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Monday. Yeah, but it's just really, it's really interesting to see yeah. the work that she does and, and to see how that, that history that she's developed has um, has continued to grow and change and be revised. So we yeah. we really are really excited at the library to have the, the expertise of Janine um, at the library doing this work. Um, not all, all libraries are lucky to, I mean, they, a lot of them have Indiana rooms in yeah. state of Indiana, but I like to say we have one of the best and we have one of the best people doing the research for us. So we're really excited about that. And we're so glad to share it with the, with, uh, the city. And not only do yeah. we have people from the city that ride it, but we get people from everywhere Creek. coming around. We had some ladies yeah. from Creek. Yeah. 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 Last yeah. summer, I think mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and they'll, it's funny, working at the reference desk, that's where they'll call to get directions. And I'm coming for the tour, or I'm coming for a program, yeah. or I'm coming yeah. to see your library. How do I get to you? Yeah. <laughs> where are you located? And and um, Or come to Crown Point, yeah. and they'll call us, how do I get to Crown Point? So they call the library to get here. Yeah, um, I can't thank yeah. you guys enough for your role and partnership with yeah. the city of Mary and the Walk the Dog. Right. Yeah, it's well, a, 
and our part our partnership has grown and this is just one of those things like so we start off the trolley tour we had a problem we came to you guys you helped us solve the problem with the trolley you guys have known because i can't stop talking about it about our different tours and stuff and mm -hmm. um and so you guys knew we did the tours you said hey can you partner with us with getting us the content? And so that's how this all has yeah. come to be. And we're so happy that Mary reached out to us on this project. We can't be any prouder to be a part of it um, because so. it's it's you know it's great to see um, the work that Janine has done to to become um, you know seen by even a wider yeah. audience. We had a great unveiling of the the actual bulldog yes. at Bulldog Park, his his permanent home. It's permanent. Um, so to help kind of launch launch the program, yeah. like in the public. Public domain. We've been talking about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see it. Finally, all the hard work has paid off. So, mm, right. all right. great stuff. Anything else you want to add about the walk the dog? Um, I hope everybody has a chance to come by and see it. It's going to be outside Bulldog Park in the plaza. So, if you're coming to any of our events for the rest of the year, you'll get to see him. Um, he doesn't have a name yet. Maybe we'll get some more info on that later. Yeah. Um, but. I think everybody involved with the project has just been lovely to work with, and Lewis is nothing short of great, um, and Julie and Janine are just so easy to work with. It's It's been a delight and been a breeze, a yeah. project that should have really been like a lot of work in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. It, it didn't really seem like it. Mar we submitted this in March. It's kind of hard to believe it's September already. Yeah. Um, it went by really fast, and I think that has something to do with all the great people yeah. who were involved. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Lewis, the artist, from yeah, but just like it's really special. Really special. Really yeah, it. there's a lot of good energy surrounding this project, and um, you know, all the vendors we used for the project are from Crown Point. So the coloring book was printed by Quality Impressions. Our lectern signs are um, being shipped here by, through a local company. Um, I can, I always get the acronym messed up. Julie, help me out. Is it BKF? Right, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always yeah. flip the, the F and the K for some yeah. reason, but they're right well, off the Well, that didn't really road. sound bad. I know. We'll have to cut that. <laughs> <We're always laughs> but, you know what I mean? I always flip the letters around. I understand around. what you're um, so, But they, they're doing the printing for the signage. They ordered our lecterns yeah, that will be displayed. So nice. it's project for Crown Point by Crown Point. And that's, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I guess, our goal of all of our public art projects is to yeah. really have local. Well, I, I can't thank you guys enough for, I know your plates yeah. are always full. You're always doing something over there. Yep. Uh, you forgot my prop. Oh, you I did. thought this my was prop. my prop. Yeah, well, that's, that's your, your personal, personal card. card. Oh, okay. You did bring a library card to put up on your prop shelf, too. Uh, and it actually has our, our newest picture. We used to, Our first cards that we got uh, in 2010 had um, a, a, a artist run rendition of the building and oh, so this uh is, and we ordered i think ten thousand cards at that time and we had to reorder and oh. so we actually have an actual picture of everything oh, here wow, so that's fantastic. for your project show, that, you. show, show the camera so yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful building so yeah if you don't have a library card come and go get, get it. one that's because we neglected to say that yes. september is library card sign up month yes. so um so make sure you come and get a library card if you uh don't have one um and really exciting time with programs at the library um and uh, really exciting time to be um, in partnership with the city. Yeah, fantastic. So it's a great show. Um, Thank you. Great, uh, a lot of great information. So super exciting stuff. So um, thanks again for, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for the real library card. Yes. And then thank you for, for the top library yeah. card. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to get them confused. No. Um, but anyway, so Crown Point, um, we'll see you uh, in the next episode of Lay of the Land. So until that time comes, have a great month and be careful. This month's business spotlight 
is the Friends of the Crown Point Library. Celebrating 40 years in October, the Friends of the Crown Point Library's mission is to enhance and promote the use and enjoyment of the library. They raise funds to support library programs, services, and help fund items not generally covered in the library's regular operating budget. For more information about the Friends, please visit www.crownpointlibrary.org forward slash about forward slash library dash friends. You've been listening to Lay of the Land with Crown Point Mayor Pete Land and Chief of Staff Anthony Schleter. If you like what you heard today, come hang out with us on the third Tuesday of every month. Lay of the Land is available on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.